friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. As I've gotten older, I just realized that God loves me so much that He would do what is best for me, even knowing that I would misunderstand His character for like years because He want, He did what was best for me. Like He's not intimidated by people misunderstanding Him, and I just see so much humility in that. And so I think for us as as believers, as artists, as people, to follow that example of of humility, and I really just see that those are the people he wants to use, people who are willing to say yes and go where he leads. And that might be to a stage and that might be to the secret place where no one sees you, but a willingness to to be about our father's business as opposed to concerned about what everyone else is doing or saying we should be doing or or thinking about us, you know. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm so thankful that you are listening today. It's still so amazing to me that there's people out there listening and being encouraged and inspired by this show and by the conversations that we have here. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to invite you to be a part of the podcast as well. I'm putting together a special Thanksgiving week episode, sharing your answers to the question, why are you thankful for the arts? I would be so thankful, see what I did there, if you would take a few minutes to share your answer. You can submit your answer and be part of the fun. Check out creativeimpactpodcast.com slash thankful to learn more and submit your response. Also, if you haven't heard, we're in the midst of a giveaway right now. Jaleesa from episode 18 has generously donated the Austin Stone worship album Everflow to go to one of our listeners. And FYI, I use some of the music from Everflow in my modern classes because they have this really beautiful instrumental vibe. To enter the giveaway, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter on our website. When you go to the website, look for the right sidebar where it says stay connected. I'll be announcing the giveaway winner on our October 27th episode. Subscribe today for your chance to win. It was so wonderful connecting with Shannon Benton. Shannon is a professional dancer who has performed with companies such as Adeum Dance Company, Houston Met, Open Sky Arts Collective, and Zion Dance Project, just to name a few. She recently completed Youth with a Mission's Arts and Movement Discipleship Training School and earned her certification in progressing ballet technique. Shannon currently lives in the Kansas City area, where she's dancing with Sterling Dance Theater and is a faculty member for Sterling Conservatory. I'm so grateful for Shannon's heart for racial reconciliation and the wisdom she shares. As artists, we can play a role in the process of racial reconciliation through storytelling, connection, and valuing the beauty in our differences. We chat about how empathy is so crucial and how listening with the intent to understand creates the space for deeper relationships. Since recording this episode, she became the first staff member of Unite KC, a faith-based grassroots organization committed to taking action toward racial reconciliation in Kansas City. You'll hear us also talk about identity. Shannon explains that if we listen to the world's ideas for identity, we will have a hard time finding a place to stand. But if we look to our creator, our identity is built on a solid foundation. May you be encouraged by Shannon's words to be faithful as you walk in your calling as an artist. You may notice that we talk about the upcoming fall semester since we were recording at the end of the summer, but I know that this truth is timeless and I think it's going to encourage you today. Enjoy my conversation with Shannon Benton. 
super excited to get to talk to you today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So fun. I know it's exciting to get to connect because I feel like I know you, but I don't know you. Yeah, exactly. That makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like we just kind of have passed. Exactly. We're like similar circles and stuff. And um, it's fun because I think what year did you come to Adeyem? Trying to remember. Um, I started in fall of 2014. Okay. But I remember auditioning at a spring intensive and you were leading um, the second company and you had like choreographed a piece and, and then you had gotten married, I think over the summer. Is that right? That's right. Um, yeah. But I just remember like your piece was so happy and upbeat and everyone's like, Oh, she's in love. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so to watch true. it at the showcase during the intensive. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> kind of fun. Like, yay, life is good vibes. And yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Kind of during that season. And then they ended up actually doing the piece at our wedding and at the reception, which was oh, super fun. Wow. So it was kind of so like a cool good. full circle thing. Yeah. That's but awesome. yeah. So yeah, you just came in right after I left. And mm-hmm. I remember getting to come watch you and I would come back to intensives or go see performances and stuff like that. And I was just like, so beautiful. Love watching Aww. your performances. And so I think that's part of it as a dancer. You kind of feel like you know people when you've seen them perform. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So anyway, Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and kind of what you're up to right now. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I started dancing when I was three, I guess, start there. Mm -hmm. And I have been dancing pretty much my whole life, but I have had, you know, like the pauses or wasn't able to dance and stuff. And so when I was auditioning for colleges, I really wanted to be a dance major. Um, I wanted to double major in dance and biology, and then neither of those things happened. But gotcha. the Lord led me to a school, um, Liberty University, and they don't have a dance program. And so yeah. I learned a lot there, and I learned a lot about arts administration because of my major. I ended up getting to intern in that world. So that has been really helpful, especially right oh, now. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I, came in wanting to start a dance team because I wanted to show them like you can, it's a Liberty University, the Christian college. So I went in thinking, I know that the Lord has given me a passion for dance um, and a passion to serve him. And Mm -hmm. so at Christian college, it doesn't have a dance program. Some of, you know, what I was hearing was like, Oh, you know, dance is like not okay. And, and I was like, no, I don't think that the Lord like gave me a passion for both of these and and gave me a gift to dance to be like, well, it's one or the other choose, you know? And so I kind of came in with this fiery passion of, I'm going to start a dance team. I'm going to show them that dance can glorify the Lord and, Mm -hmm. um, and really just wanting to, to show them how to like start a dance major or minor. So that did not happen during my college career, but I was able to start a dance team Um, And I learned a lot. So it kind of felt like I was minoring and dance on my own. Yeah. Kind of creating it in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were some developments. And so um, now it is a little bit more, I'm not sure if they actually have a minor right now, but they definitely have some classes and it's more tied in their theater department. So anyway, so that was, yeah, yeah, that was a different uh, college experience, but my whole dance life, I feel like has been a different, um, not the normal path. And so I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for that. And, and because I was not really training in college, I did two summers at Ballet Mag, oh, their yeah. summer intensive. And so that was when I found out about Bellhaven because the 
um, intensive. We stayed on the college campus. And so that was really cool. And then that was also where I found out about a dayum. And so I really enjoyed the ballet mag intensive. It was kind of my first time seeing Christian dance at a professional level. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is what this looks like. And I actually had gone to an intensive before starting the dance team. And so that was really formative for me. Right. But I, it also was very much like ballet and point. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I would love to do some modern and some things in bare feet, you know? Right. And um, so I heard about a day. And so I really wanted to go and visit, but I, I think it was about five years until I was actually able to get to Texas. And Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Audition. So anyway, so after college, I, well, during college, I interned at Alvin Ailey Dance Foundation. So I studied mm-hmm. communications, advertising, and public relations. So when I was interning with Ailey, I wasn't actually dancing. I was working in their administrative offices, but I learned more about their yeah. programs. So during my senior year of college, I auditioned for their independent study program and just crazy God story. I was able to take classes at Ailey for a year and that was really helpful to just get back into dancing and get some like solid technique training. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. Yeah. 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 It was, and just to see, you know, like some of the the people you take class with and, um, and get to learn from and see what the students are doing now who are, you know, Mm -hmm. now dancing professionally. It's, it's really cool. And then I went to Dayton, Ohio. I danced with the Dayton Contemporary Dance too. And Mm -hmm. I was there for a year. And while I was there, this is my like, (laughs) finally get to come to Texas. Mm -hmm. I actually ended up filing my tax returns for like the first time. And so, or I filed my taxes and then I got the tax return. I was like, okay, I can go to Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I went to this. That's a bonus from the refund, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was able to go to the spring intensive and audition. And then the next year I moved to Houston and lived in Houston for four years. And I danced with Adam for three of those years. And I mean, just like some of my best friends met them during that time. And I just, I grew so much and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about myself as a dancer at that time. I think we probably all do this, but I'm just really grateful that Randall Flynn gave me a chance because I learned so (laughs) much while I was there. But I just, you know, I just kind of wonder, you know, what I looked like coming in auditioning, you know, (laughs) I totally, I feel that too, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I just, it was a really safe space and I learned a lot during my time there. And then um, I stayed in Houston and and freelanced for a year and got to work with some different companies. And then I went to Zion Dance Project for a summer and their summer series and um, was kind of just like, all right, Lord where we're next. And uh, yeah, so I've been home since that time. I've done a discipleship training school through Youth with the Mission mm-hmm. since that time. And the Lord just has kind of rocked my world with things that I've learned um, in the past two years, really. And now I just moved to Kansas City. So I am here and I'll be dancing with um, Sterling Dancier. I have been able to dance as a guest artist with them for a show that they do called Underground. Mm -hmm. And basically it tells the story of three slaves who escaped to freedom and the Quaker community that helps them. And 
and it they this is going to be the 14th year this next season of it yeah and so yeah. just to get to be a part of the show and, and to tell that story is really such an honor and so I just kept coming back to the community and I loved it and so the Lord just kind of was like okay now now you can go and, and move there so I'll be dancing with Sterling Dance Theater and then I'll also be um, teaching and helping out with they have a professional certificate in dance and so I'll be helping out with that and then also getting to use some of the communications part of my degree mm-hmm. and, and working in the office and helping out with the Culture House, which is the kind of the umbrella organization. Sterling Dance Theater is the professional company in residence at the Culture House. So okay, anyway, yeah. so it's like a whole big family over here. So I'm really right. excited to be in the heart of the country and I'm really expectant to see what the Lord's going to do in this season. So. Yeah, that's super exciting. And I'm sure it's a little bit strange, like moving right now and like kind of all the unknowns that are going on. But right. <laughs> yeah, are y'all, do you have kind of a set plan for the fall or yeah. is it still a bit up in the air? So right now, because of the way things are in Kansas City, they're saying, okay, we can go in and we'll just plan on, you know, being in person. And then if things change, then we'll, you know, move to plan B or C, but right now we're planning on starting in August and awesome. getting in the studio. So I'm really excited to be back That's in the so studio. Good. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's probably itching to be back in person <laughs> for a lot of us. So that'll yeah. be really, really nice Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, I would love to hear what was the difference for you between dancing in like a professional company versus freelance and what that mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. I think Well, obviously dancing in a professional company and just having that set schedule is really nice just to know you're going to be in the studio, to know you're going to be in rehearsals. And um, especially because of the way Adeim is set up, you'll be in community. Mm -hmm. And then my first year when I was freelancing, I was still living in Houston. So I still had some of that community and I also was still able to take classes pretty regularly. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So that was a gift for sure. But I think it, I mean, it depends because I at least the freelance part, I, I moved back home after I left Houston and that is the middle of Virginia and there's not a lot of dance there. And there's more so like teaching at studios, you know? And so that was, it seemed like I just had a couple projects throughout the year and I really had to work hard to be disciplined and give myself class at home or, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is starting to take these online classes during quarantine. I was like, you guys, I'm so over it. I've been doing this for so long, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, really that I think they're just freelance looks so different, you know, depending on where you are. And so mm-hmm. for me learning to be okay with that, I don't know when the next show is going to be. Honestly, I think to some degree, for me, just to call myself a freelance dancer, it was helpful. Even when I was like, am I dancing? What am I doing right now? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, because, because I knew that was my intention. Like I knew I didn't want to give up dance and I have, I've given up dance in the past. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at like my age right now and my body, like, I don't, I don't want to take a break because I think that would be really hard to get back into it. So even though at times I was saying like, I'm quote unquote freelancing and you could look at my schedule and it looks more like I'm actually taking a break. I think because I was telling myself that I'm freelancing um, mentally that helped keep me in the game, so to speak in terms Mm -hmm. of, okay, I want to stay in shape. I want to 
be ready when opportunities do come up, you know? So yeah, it was definitely easier to freelance when I was in Houston where there's a larger dance community. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I'm excited to be back in, in company life and have that, like have access to a studio and to, to be in the studio every day. So. Yeah, for sure. That's nice. I guess things that we sometimes would take for granted probably in those seasons of mm-hmm. being in a company and having that, like you said, consistent access and just community and everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be cool. But it's good to have that mindset of like, okay, I still am in this even if I'm in between something or whatever and mm-hmm. stay invested and stay you know committed to training and like you said, doing classes at home, figuring out any yeah. tips for people that are doing classes at home since yeah. you've been doing it for a while. Oh man. Well, I would say one thing, just shout out to my parents for graciously allowing mm-hmm. me to move the furniture. <laughs> yeah, it's really helpful. <laughs> I think that just being honest with yourself about where you are, you know, like sometimes there's a season for discipline and, you know, I'm like not feeling like pulling out the kitchen chair and taking a ballet bar right now, but I, I want to be disciplined. Um, Mm -hmm. and so now is the season for that. And then sometimes there's a season when it's okay to take, take a break and to rest. And so I think allowing yourself to be honest about where you are in terms of what you are actually enjoying, you know, and then, and going from that point. So this is a season where I know I need to press in, even though I don't feel like it, I just need to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. Or this is a season where, you know what, I, this is more than I just don't feel like taking class by myself. It's more, there's more of a, a heaviness to the the tiredness or there's more of a weariness being able to recognize that. And then, mm, that's good. okay, maybe I don't have to take class every day or maybe I can diversify what I'm doing. For me, it's helped right. a lot to, to incorporate like physical therapy exercises. And I was able to do the progressing ballet technique training, uh, teacher Mm -hmm. training on Zoom. And so like using some of those exercises, so it's not always taking class, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of change it up. Right. Or even like cross training and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, that's smart. Love that. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. I was like, maybe you have some wisdom and insight (laughs) for us that are having to figure it out right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and teaching on Zoom is like a whole nother level as well. Oh, teaching virtually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's just different because you're not getting that feedback, you know, right in the moment. And yeah, figuring it out. I'm in the midst of that right now with my classes. So yeah, (laughs) we'll see how it goes. But hopefully we'll get back in person soon. That would be good. Yeah. But one thing I learned is that we are capable of more than we think we are. So when you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I cannot handle this anymore. You know, like, like you're stronger than you think, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm excited to get more into your time at the DTS. Yeah. And then also, yeah, just some of those things that you're passionate about. I know uh, we also talked about maybe getting into just the topic of racial reconciliation and, I know that's a big topic right now in the world at large, right? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of conversations going on. So why don't we start with what is racial reconciliation to you? What does it look like or mean? Yeah, that is a good question. I think, honestly, my answer would be racial reconciliation is complicated. Yeah. I think I'm learning that because people don't define it the same way, people are approaching solving the issue from 
from different places regardless, but also the the end goal is not necessarily the same. So mm, yeah, I for sure cannot speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself, but I can just say that for me, I think racial reconciliation looks like allowing ourselves to to recognize differences and and appreciate them, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to see the Lord is teaching me a lot about beauty right now to see the beauty in other people and other cultures. Yeah. And to, to be unafraid to confront the things that we don't understand or that are, are not like us and to not confront in a, you know, like a aggressive way, but just to like, to learn more, you know, and to, to dialogue, be open to, right. To to ask questions asking exactly yeah and and to learn more and to you know to recognize that that things are things in different cultures people of different colors you know there are things are different and so to to learn to see from another person's perspective mm, yeah. and then to appreciate that and to to enjoy that and to allow that diversity to bring us together you know like mm-hmm I don't, it just makes me think of, you know, in the arts, you know, you think about like choreographing or you think about visual art or, you know, whatever, like no one is interested in something that's like monotone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they talk about like with choreographing, you know, okay, add dynamics or add levels or, you that's know, true. in visual art, like add this contrast, add that, you know, different texture or whatever the case may be. And so, so we're able to appreciate diversity well, I think in the arts. Like, mm-hmm. especially in the actual specific art form. And so I think if we can learn to do that as people and not be so intimidated mm-hmm. by the things we don't understand or the things that are different from us, yeah, I think that would go a long way. And I also think that it's interesting at this time because I think depending on who you are and your life experiences, racial reconciliation looks different in terms of for me, as a Black woman growing up in the U.S., I mm-hmm. think that I have had a lot of practice seeing from other people's point of view, um, or I've had a lot of, of practice recognizing differences and and not being afraid to come up to them and just recognize they're different, you know? Yeah. Whereas maybe someone else hasn't had to do that. And so for me, racial reconciliation might look at personally looking at, okay, where, in what areas do I have a bias or a prejudice? And it doesn't necessarily even have to be color of skin, you know? And then for someone else, it might be, okay, well, I haven't ever even considered what it would be like to not look like myself. And so like, that's where I need to start, you know? Yeah. That we're kind of all at different places and Right. Experiences. Yeah. 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 And so, and I think because our, our world today is so not great at <laughs> um, yeah. being okay to disagree yeah, and being okay to, to not have the same opinion or to maybe find the points of common ground and not focus on, on the things that we disagree on. I think that's mm-hmm. reflected in, you know, the way that we handle differences in terms of the way that we look, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's really I think it's good to kind of take a step back and like figure out, okay, where where am I and where am I coming from right now? Kind of like you're saying, you know, and then figuring out what's that starting point and what's my next step, you know, how can I move right. forward and and growing in that? And I feel like a lot of it is empathy is what it sounds like. Like yes. just 
yeah, listening and trying to, you know, see things from the other perspective. And I think, yeah, for whatever reason, I guess unknown a lot of times creates fear in us and Mm -hmm. not letting fear be the driving factor, I feel like, you know? Right. I like what you're saying about like being willing to confront it in a positive way and almost confronting our own insecurities or fears or whatever it is that may be holding us back or something from having those conversations or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much beauty to be discovered, you know? Yeah. So true. So true. I love that what you're saying about the arts and how how we kind of already do that in art or in our discipline of art and appreciate the differences, appreciate diversity and beauty. How do you feel like artists can maybe speak into this time or play a role, I guess, in Mm -hmm. racial reconciliation and kind of in the season that we're in, in our world, in our society right now? Yeah. Well, I think the arts are so, um, like you, you tell a story. So Mm -hmm. like, and not everything is like specifically telling a story, but like you were saying, the empathy kind of allows you to to see the other side of the story. Mm, yeah, um, you know, there's always at least two sides to a story, and so I think art helps you to, in a less intimidating way, see the other side of the story. And so it makes me think of like comedy. You know, like yeah, someone tells a a joke and you're laughing, but also like it hurts a little bit. Yeah, like, <laughs> it applies to me. You know. You're like, ooh, that's, yeah, there's some truth to that, yeah. <laughs> right, but you're, it's kind of like you are able to take it a little more easily because mm-hmm. they have you laughing, you know, and um, so kind of like that spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Like, right. I think that art provides for that in a unique way, and I also think that just in, uh, we had a teacher actually in the DTS, uh, her name is Mariette Lowe, mm-hmm. and she talked about your, when you are connecting your spirit with the Holy Spirit, art allows you to do that more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, like movement or, or singing allows you to do that more easily and bypass the soul, which is the, the mind, will, and emotions. And so in one sense, you might, I don't know, just in talking to someone might be self-conscious and might be like, oh, is this going to sound dumb? Or is this you know, mm-hmm. like just be in your, in your thoughts or, or maybe I feel embarrassed or what. And so that kind of prevents you from, from freely communicating like spirit to spirit. Yeah. And when you have the art, when you have movement and when you have, when you, I mean, when you have comedy, when you have theater, when you have visual art, it kind of bypasses that mm, and allows you so to true. connect more easily spirit to spirit. And so yeah. I think that is a big part of it. But I also do think just presenting something in a, a less intimidating way mm-hmm. and allowing people to to recognize there are other perspectives, to see themselves maybe in in the characters or in the dancer, um, and then to see someone else that they haven't been willing to acknowledge or to to listen mm-hmm. to. Um, I think it's it's easier. We kind of have it an inroad as artists to get people to to listen in a different way. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's really profound, especially right now and always probably throughout history, but especially what we're walking through that we can yeah. kind of think through how are we, what are we doing to help kind of present those ideas or yeah, just speak to people mm-hmm. at that deeper level or at an emotional place. And I think film does that a lot too, you know, getting to yeah. see different sides of a story and you're kind of, I don't know. It's like almost the guard isn't there as much like that. We kind of can have right. a guard when we're just out and yeah. having conversations and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's super good. Yeah. 
yeah, do you have any encouragement for people that are wanting to take steps towards, you know, starting some of those conversations or, yeah, you know, making a positive difference in whatever their sphere of influence is, you know, any encouragement of, yeah. of what they could do? Yeah. So that, I mean, that is for sure something I've been asking myself, like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, what is, what is mine to do in the midst of all of this craziness? Like, how can I make a difference? And I think, again, it is, of course, individual to every person, but as believers, for sure, I would just like ask the Lord, like, look at your sphere of influence and how can you love those people well? And also just recognize, like, does everyone in my intimate circle look the same? Mm -hmm. And if they do, maybe ask yourself why that is, you know, but then also look around you and see who else is around you. And maybe there's not a ton of people because you've been in the house right. for the past <laughs> few months, you know, but exactly. I think especially as artists, you know, there are so many diverse artists in our industry. And so right. it's a pretty connected network, which is great. Yeah. 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 And so I think just looking around and seeing like, okay, this person has a different story than me. So just getting to know someone, like taking the time to to get to know people. And you don't have to, it depends on where your relationship is, but you don't necessarily have to start with the, like, how is your life right now? You know, mm-hmm. like I have friends who, who reached out to me um, in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. And, and I really appreciated that. And I recognize it was the friends that we'd already had conversations about racial issues. Yeah. So that was just interesting to me. And that doesn't have to be the case, but you know, if you don't have a relationship with someone, you don't necessarily have to like start with that, you know, it can just be learning more about their family and their home life and how they grew up and just learning more about how they, how they see the world. So I would definitely say that just being willing to talk to other people and ask well thought out questions Mm -hmm. or like deeper questions that are not just like, how's the weather on your side? You know, like <laughs> what are you knitting during quarantine or whatever? Right. <laughs> you know, just taking the time to ask those questions and to like actually care, like really care about the answers and, and maybe not be on the, the defense or assume that you're going to have to mm-hmm. have a response. And then from okay. there, I think it's something that I'm learning is that really we all fight differently. We fight things differently. And so for some people that looks like, getting in the protest line for some people that looks like, I don't know, starting a nonprofit, raising funds for something mm-hmm. or, you know, so I think it is, it can be really individuals for some people that is like, I'm choreographing this piece or I'm, you know, whatever. So I think that is for sure something just like taking that forward and, and what does that look like? But I think a big thing to start with is just seeing the people around you and being willing to listen to them. Mm, so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah love the conversation. And I hope that people continue to have this conversation with the people in their circles and continue to reach out outside, like you said, outside, maybe that circle and bring more people into that community. And I think that's, we're all going to be growing and finding more depth and relationship when we're willing to do that and willing to listen and yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. I don't think that conversation has to be, you know, the only thing, you know, people are like conversation doesn't work, but I think it is a good starting place Mm -hmm. because it gets you thinking about how you respond to other people, you know, after that conversation. And it may give you an idea of something practical that you can do from that place, you know? Mm -hmm. So especially if you're not sure where to start or what that looks like. I, yeah, I think that that talking does help. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, it seems like relationships are key for sure. So yeah. If you've listened to the past few episodes, you've heard me mention the Root Collective. The Root Collective is a company that makes beautiful shoes and bags with a purpose. After working for a Fortune 500 company, the founder of the Root Collective, Bethany Tran, decided she wanted to make a difference by helping to create jobs for artisans in Guatemala. If you're getting a head start on your Christmas shopping this year, I would highly recommend supporting companies like the Root Collective, who are making a positive impact and operating with integrity. Would handcrafted flats, boots, or a beautiful leather bag from the Root Collective work for someone on your list? The best part is that every purchase creates jobs for artisans who need them. Join me in making a difference through our shopping this holiday season. To learn more about the story behind the Root Collective and to check out their products, go to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash RC. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash RC, which stands for Root Collective. Now, back to my conversation with Shannon. Yeah, I would love to switch gears just a little bit. Maybe not very much. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but love to hear what are you just currently passionate about? What's kind of been your thing lately? Yeah, the Lord is teaching me a lot right now, which has been really sweet, especially when I can learn to relax within the, you know, like the quarantine time and things being slower. Mm-hmm. But one thing um, I would say that is just really on my heart is identity. And that is something that the Lord has been like teaching me about for years, but especially the past two years, mm-hmm. yeah. especially probably the past nine months. I I mentioned doing the discipleship training school mm-hmm. with Musa uh, with a mission. And I mean, I we finished that like as things were shutting down, like I was in Europe as they were like, we're closing the borders Whoa. and <laughs> no more planes, you know? And so that is super fresh, but the Lord did a lot, a lot of working in identity during that time. And so I just have heard so many people talking about either the Lord teaching them about identity or, or wanting to know more about their identity or watching people like act in ways that, that show that they don't know their value or their worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, it's just been, that is something I think is so important because I think the Lord cares about us knowing who he is mm-hmm. so that we can know who we are and then we can know what we're, we're called to do um, and who we're called yeah. to be. And so for me, the journey actually started with my hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's been like a lifelong thing, but it seemed like the Lord was really targeting that subject for me with my hair. And mm-hmm. um, starting to wear my hair naturally curly, and which is a whole nother story. But going from that place of just being more aware of like, you know, I have grown up, you know, in the church and I love the Lord. But I don't know if I know who I am. And I don't know if I have other people around me who know. Like when I changed my hairstyle, I really, this was like shortly before I moved to Houston. And so I have these like great friends within yeah. in the company but for at least the first year I was like I don't feel like I really know who I am because this is not how I normally wear my hair <laughs> and yeah. so um, like that that was a whole thing for me and so going from there there was a year when it felt like the Lord was like I'm just going to teach you more about who I am and then as he started teaching me more about myself after that year 
I just realized it's so important to know who God is because he's the one who defines us, you know, like he's mm-hmm. the one who, who tells us who we are. He's the one whose opinion matters the most. And if mm-hmm. I don't know who he is, then there's no way I'm going to know who I am. You know, if right. I don't know who my creator is, then it's really hard to get to know, to know myself. I'm basing it on my perception, my opinion, other people's opinions, my perception of other people's opinions, you know, and that is so fluid and always changing, but God is constant. It can be probably super confusing if we're basing it on that. And I know I, I struggle with that too, I think is because I feel like our world is telling us, you know, I don't know, like you are what you think you are, feel you are, or yeah. I don't know. It's just hard because then that is super fluid and it does change. And yeah. I feel like it can just kind of toss us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's based on emotions mm-hmm. and our emotions are all over the place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, especially if you're like looking to what the world defines as value and successful and, you know, it's mm-hmm. really hard to to find a place to stand, you know, and to be free to be yourself because you're always trying to to prove yourself or to show someone you are who they think you should be or whatever. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, so identity has been a a big thing for me. And so going to, um, into the DTS, I, on the plane, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the past two years has been really uh, like intense for me and learning more about identity. And um, so I went to an audition. I was about to leave Houston trying to figure out what to do, where to go next. But I knew I was leaving Houston and I auditioned for a company and I really felt like it was my audition to lose. Like, okay, I think this is like attainable, you know, I can do this. And then I get to the audition and I like literally the worst audition of my life. I could not like remember any of the choreography. It was like so awful. And then I well, I had to drive to get to the audition. And after I got cut, I was like, just keep it together until you get out of the building. I get in the car and I just like ball. Like I just like cry myself to sleep. I just, it was such a horrible experience, but also not only because of the, just like not, you know, like no one ever feels good when they're like, I know I can do better than that. And I did not show them, you know, um, I didn't show them what I can do, but also I, I felt the weight of, okay, I just spent three years with a Christian company learning more about how God uses dance. And I feel like I should be past this, but very much there's still part of me that finds my identity in my performance. And God, I thought we were past this and I know I know better, mm-hmm. but I, uh, right mm-hmm. now I don't. <laughs> like if I'm being yeah. honest, I am having a hard time picking up my head because that audition was so bad. And so that was really shattering for me. I felt like the Lord was kind of, it felt like he was pulling the rug out from under me, but really I think he was breaking up a foundation that he knew was riddled with lies. And so it wasn't a firm Mm. foundation. And so after that was the summer I went to design on dance project for the first time. And um, I felt like during that time, the Lord was like relaying a foundation of, of love. Like, okay, we're like, I broke up that foundation. I know that was hard, but necessary. And so now we're going to relay this foundation of love and of God's love, like real love, you know? Yeah. Like that's a firm foundation you can stand on. That's a rock. And so fast forward to about a year later, as I'm getting ready to do the DTS, the discipleship training school, I just felt like during that time, kind of all of the labels, like 
have been stripped away from me, you know, like in a good way, but just like, yeah, you know, I'm not really dancing that much. I'm back home with my parents. I'm like trying to figure out my life. And I honestly got to a place before the DTS. I was like, Lord, when I graduated college, I said that I would pursue dance as long as you kept opening doors and I don't really see you opening doors anymore. So maybe I'm done and I need to like move on to the next thing. And, Mm -hmm. and so it just felt like, okay, I'm trusting the Lord to lead me, but he's leading me by closing all these doors. And so it just was this period of feeling like I had a lot of the, the normal things I would use to label myself stripped away. And um, on the plane flying to France, I, just felt like I heard the Lord say, you're not a dancer. And I was like, I mean, there's a lot of emotions, but one Uh of them uh, was relief. Actually. I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. (laughs) But then one (laughs) of them was, um, there's just been times in my life where I felt like the Lord has, has taken dance away in the sense of like, it's not like, that's not what he's calling me to do at that time. And I feel like since then he's like, I'm not taking dance away. So the other part of me that was not relief was like, Lord, you said you're not taking dance away. So I don't know what that means, you know? Anyway, so say all of that to say, by the time I got to France, which is where I did my DTS, I I felt like that dancer label was the last one. I mean, because this is me, two years, like I'm a freelance dancer. That was the last one that I was yeah. holding on to. And so when I got there, I just felt like a blank slate. And during that time, the Lord kind of sped up his training or his teaching on who I am and mm-hmm. um, just like in a really intense format. That's so good. And, and I felt like the only label that he gave me was daughter. Like oh, yeah. the only thing that replaced all those things I was holding on to is that I'm a daughter. And during the DTS, I just, I learned so much more about who he is so that when I say I'm a daughter of the most high king, like that matters more because I know who my dad is. You know, if I don't know who yeah. my dad is, it like doesn't matter, you know? Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter whose kid I am. But so that has, that was just, just a revelation from the Holy Spirit for me of, of identity. Like that is the, that's the thing that defines me. Like I am a daughter yeah. of God. I'm a child of God. That is huge. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. do you feel like that now? Well, I'm sure it does, but how does that influence your life like as a teacher as well? Because I know you're going in to teach now in your new Mm -hmm. role. And yeah, yeah. how do you see that influencing teaching? Well, it influences everything. Um, I think that, so I was teaching when I was living in Houston and I've, I've been teaching since then, but when I was in that full, like I'm teaching four days a week, multiple classes a week, Uh, or multiple classes a day kind of a thing. I just realized that a lot of times I was still trying to prove myself to my students, Mm -hmm. which is like not helpful because I'm supposed to be teaching them, you know, Um, like they don't (laughs) care what I can do. um, (laughs) Such a real temptation though. I feel like it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause we want that validation in a way. Right. Yeah. So I just realized that I wanted to pull back because I felt like I wasn't able to fully give my students what they needed because I was still struggling with, with who I am. And I'm not going to get that from my students who need me to teach them how Mm -hmm. to stand in first position, you know? (laughs) So I think going back into teaching, there's just a new, there's a new like confidence, not in the sense of like, I'm such a great teacher, but just in the sense of like, I know who I am. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get you to tell me who I am or to validate who I am. Like I already know that. So I can just give 
from that place without being like, oh, okay, if, if this person walks into the room, then maybe, then maybe my value will decrease. Or um, if the student can execute that better than I can, then maybe I'm not as legitimate as a a teacher or a dancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to, to get things from them. I can just give freely. Right. Because I'm free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. I think it's easy to get in that trap of wanting validation, really whatever sphere of life Mm -hmm. we're in. Yeah. So how, how cool is it to be able to walk in and be just confident in that identity and who we are and then not have to worry about anyone else's opinion or anyone else's view of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And just be able to, I love that, that freedom. So as we kind of wrap up, it always goes by so fast. I'm like, how are we already (laughs) almost an hour? But I'd love to hear any like thing on your heart that you have for other artists. I know identity, that's a huge thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Yeah. Well, like I said, the Lord's teaching me a lot. So (laughs) I guess, okay. I think I would say there's two things. One is, is humility and then one is faithfulness. So I guess I'll start with faithfulness. I think during this quarantine lockdown stay at home time, it's just been really interesting to me to see the Lord exalt people who have been faithful. Mm, yeah. So like Cynthia Newland, who I know you had on the podcast yes. already, just seeing her willingness to obey the Lord and, and be in different spheres of like the online space, especially. Mm-hmm. It just was really interesting. She was already faithful in that. So when everyone's like, I can't do anything, everything's online and Zoom and whatever, like she's already in that space. Right. And so it's easy for her to, to unite um, the dance community. It's easy for her to just to continue to reach out to people with offering different like nutrition and health and wellness, especially in a time when everything is, is so different mm-hmm. and our health is so affected by that, you know? And so, and then I also have another friend who um, probably um, your listeners maybe know her name is Tahila, but she is, um, has the being salt account on Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. And so the same thing for her, just like watching her faithfulness and her obedience to the Lord and then seeing the platform that he's given her from that, I just think, yeah, it just, it's so important. Like faithfulness is so key, Mm -hmm. even in the little things, even in the midst of this quarantine. And I think, you know, faithfulness doesn't necessarily look like I'm going to take class every single day because that's what people are doing during quarantine. It like faith, I think it means different things for for different people. Mm -hmm. So if that is something that the Lord has like, I want you to be faithful in taking class during quarantine, then by all means do that. But for someone else that might be, you know, being faithful in getting up at a certain time or being disciplined in a certain area of their life or or whatever the case may be, but just recognizing the importance of that and, Mm -hmm. and, and seeing how the Lord honors that, especially I think during this quarantine season, the people who have already been faithful. And then the second thing is humility. And something that just was really highlighted during my time, um, I just finished the Zion Dance Project Summer Series oh, yeah, a cool. few weeks ago. And so during my time in Dallas, the Lord really just highlighted bowing low. And I just found myself continually humbled by His willingness to show up and and so, you know, we talked about like racial reconciliation stuff and, and I think 
in that, in our desire to be like, I'm a Christian and that means X, Y, Z. And everyone needs to know that all the time. Like I just am, am realizing that I, that's not like how I see Jesus lived his life on earth. Mm. You know, like he wasn't like, everyone knows what I think all the time, you know, right. people were like straight up confused uh-huh. and he was like, you'll get it later. Right. You know? and, <laughs> and so just, I think the humility of Jesus's example to be who he is and to be about his father's business and not so concerned about what other people thought he should be doing to the point that even if people misunderstood him or misunderstood his character, like that didn't determine his actions. Like he was, mm. he was faithful and being, <laughs> yeah. being who he is, you know? And so, and I've seen that like in my own life with not being able to, there were times um, growing up with dance intensive. It was like, oh, I can't afford to go to that intensive or whatever. And I was like, Dad, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. This person is not living for you at all. And they get to do all the things. And I want to dance for you. And and I don't see you providing in that way. And as I've gotten older, I just realized that God, he loves me so much that he would do what is best for me, even knowing that I would misunderstand his character for like years. Wow. Yeah. Because he want, he did what was best for me. Like he's not intimidated by people misunderstanding him. And I just see so much humility in that. For sure. And so I think yeah. for us as, as believers, as artists, as people to follow that example of, of humility. And, and I really just see that that is what he, like, those are the people he wants to use people who are willing to say yes. Mm-hmm. And then, and go where he leads in and that might be to a stage and that might be to the secret place where no one sees you, but a willingness to, to be about our father's business as opposed to concerned about what everyone else is, is doing or saying we should be doing right. or, or thinking about us, you know? Yeah. So Wow. That is super good. That just spoke to me right now. <laughs> like, because it's so easy to like want to justify ourselves or exactly, yeah, especially yeah. when you feel like people have either misrepresented you or like they misunderstood mm-hmm. something and like, whoa, that really spoke to me right now. Just with certain things going on in my life. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Love to hear. I always ask, what is one of your favorite things right now? Okay. Um, I think one of my favorite things right now is laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I think just, you know, with people being kind of stuck at home, uh, I've been on a lot of like just fun Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. It's not all been like, you know, business stuff, like just catching up with friends. And it's just been so fun. Sometimes it's fun, you know, to like talk about the deeper things of the Lord, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. But I also have a tendency to to be pretty serious sometimes. And so it's just been super fun just to laugh. Yeah. And like, and it's, I think it's even funnier when you're like in your room and no one can hear who you're talking to yes. and you're just like dying laughing, you know? Uh-huh. Anyway, so that has just, yeah, just yeah. catching up with friends and, and laughing. That's so so like deep gut laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love that. Cause so. yeah, laughter is good medicine. I feel like I've been feeling yeah, that a lot so lately. True. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like lift the weight of the world off your shoulders exactly. and just laugh a little bit. It's going to be okay. It's not all that. Yeah. yeah. It's not mm-hmm. too crazy, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll get through it. <laughs> Love that. So um, Mm -hmm. if people want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they connect? Yeah. Well, so I am on Instagram. I'm working on like, I don't know, having whatever a more consistent presence, I guess. But (laughs) but they can follow me 
at Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, 09 on Instagram. And if anyone is interested, just do a little plug for Sterling Certificate Program. Totally. If anyone is interested in that, um, you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can also go to the website is Sterling Conservatory and Sterling is spelled with an O. So it's S-T-O-R-L-I-N-G conservatory.com. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone should check it out, especially if you, what's kind of the, the best age range or is there a certain age range for people? Yeah. So it's uh, basically you are wanting to grow as an artist and, and more so step into the professional realm. So if you just graduated high school or if you just graduated college and didn't study dance or feel like you still have some, some things you need to learn mm-hmm. in order to step into becoming like a professional artist, it's, that is a great age range. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. So, and it's, you know, dance training, but also there's more, there's, we get to like do some worship and production, choreography, storytelling. So yeah, yeah. that sounds awesome. Super cool. I'll definitely post links to it as well. So people can find that in the show notes and yeah, thank you so much, Shannon. This has been seriously such a blessing to get to hear from your heart and get to know you a little bit better through this time. And definitely excited to see what God has for you there in Kansas city and Yeah. Can't wait to catch up again in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. And it's super fun to like actually get to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. Love it. You guys, I hope this conversation speaks to you as much as it did to me. I was so moved by Shannon's description of how God does what's best for us, even knowing that we will misunderstand His character at times. So amazing. You can find links from the show in the full show notes on our website. Next week on the show, I get the opportunity to talk with Nathan Clarkson. Nathan is a professional actor who has appeared in numerous films and TV shows. He is also a filmmaker a best-selling author of the books Different and Good Man, and podcast host for the show The Overthinkers. You're not going to want to miss this. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Don't forget to check out creativeimpactpodcast.com thankful and let us know why you are grateful for the arts. I would love to have your voice in the conversation. Share the show with a friend, and I'll see you next week for my conversation with Nathan Clarkson. Mm-hmm.